With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Release Date Rewind, a podcast that celebrates movie anniversaries. I'm Mark J. Parker, and thank you for checking out the show. Each month, I bring on different friends to talk about movies we love that reach a milestone anniversary. And in this episode, we're continuing our July theme of movies starring bold and bodacious women. We are bowing down to one of the greatest of all time, Death Becomes Her, for its 30th anniversary after being released on July 31st, 1992. Now, a warning. We reveal the twists and the hits on this podcast. So, if you'd like to watch or rewatch the movie before continuing, it looks like it's shockingly unavailable to stream anywhere with a subscription at the moment, but you can rent it, and I see that it's playing on Showtime here and there, and I'm sure it's on some website somewhere, so you can find it. All right, now make yourselves a potion and beware of stairs because it's time to rewind. I'm so excited to be reunited with my pal and my fellow Death Becomes Her lover, my housewives fellow fan, my Hollywood starlet. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Hello, Fumi. Hi. Did you like that intro? I, love, I did like that intro. It felt very warm and welcoming. And honestly, it was very true. I mean, yeah. You know, I, all of those things. How long have you been living in LA now? Has it been, it's been you know, over 10 years? It's, oh yeah, it's going to be 12 years in October. Wow. I know, it's mind boggling. And you haven't I'm aged a day. You must have been drinking that potion. <laughs> You know, I just I like to hydrate as much as possible because the, the weather is dry, honey. Yeah. So it does try to get the skin. Yeah. I just I, I drink a lot of water. Now, has it been as hot over there on your side of the woods? Because over here, I mean, luckily today it was fine. Yeah. But the last few days, it has been intensely, disgustingly hot. How is it over there? Yeah. No, it's been pretty, pretty intense and pretty hot. My, it's, I try not to go and leave my house like yeah. during midday because, you know, it's like when the sun is brutal. Um, I'll try if I have to go out. I try to go either super early in the morning or wait until like six, seven to yeah. go out and do anything oh when it God. gets a little cold, cooler. Totally. But yeah, yeah, I hear global you. warming is real. Oh, absolutely. I know global warming. We still are dealing with COVID. We're dealing with monkeypox. 
Please be careful. Uh, you know, I, I can't. I can't even talk about monkeypox. You know how I am. We don't need to get into it. We don't need like to let the rest of the world know how crazy oh my I God. am. No, but I... you know that it is like, seriously, freaking me out. Oh, yeah. Your panic is absolutely warranted. The other day, Fumi and our mutual friend, Tom, who's been on this show as well, uh, were texting and Fumi was like sending me news alerts. Thank God. Fumi honestly is my news sometimes. I'm so in my bubble of work and whatever that I'm like, oh, what housewife is getting a lawsuit? Oh, what what illness is spreading like wildfire that I should be aware of? But yeah, I mean, there's some real crazy shit. Do you feel like is LA okay or are you feeling like people be crazy? Mm. What are you feeling? I feel like people are crazy and it's weird because it's like I know someone who knows someone who has monkeypox or COVID. Like, I mean, I got it myself for the first time at the end of May and everybody had it. Yeah. And just even up until recently, I knew like at least six people who had it. So if it's not one thing, it's another. It's just constant, constant barrage of just craziness. Yeah. But we're all just trying to live. We're all just trying to have a good time, enjoy the summer, have fun, Watch great movies and great throwbacks. Can you but, believe that you it's know. already about to be August? I mean, the summer is flying. I remember when we were kids, summer was like forever, right? I don't know. I don't know how it's already August. It's insane. Oh, it's literally September is going to be here before we know it. I know. I mean, I I do love September. I mean, it's one of the one of the best months. But I know. I'm like, you, yeah. You can, you can wait a bit. You're a fall person. I am. Yeah. Yes. But how's work going? What are you, can you tell us? What you've been up to? You're always working. Um, work is good. Work is good. I work for a publication company now, and I basically just, you know, tape and record and direct whenever I'm needed. Um, and we did some really fun shoots with the cast of Nope recently. Yeah. Um, I was really excited about that. I kind of patted myself on the back a little bit for that. We did a shoot with Kiki Palmer. How and is it she? went viral. Because yeah. every... Oh, I mean, amazing. Yeah. Just fantastic. Everything... She's such a star. She just gets it, you know? She just understands, like, what you're looking for and the type of vibe you need. Yeah. And, like, she just understands the camera and what you... And just gives you what you need. She gives you happiness and fun. And so yeah. the stuff we did with her went viral, which was really exciting. That's great. Recently got to see the movie. Yeah, so what do you think of the movie? I will. Um, I don't want to say anything okay. that might sway your listeners okay. from seeing it or you as well. Okay. I'm just going to say that everyone should see the film and take with it their own opinion. Okay. All right. Very, a very diplomatic response. Fumi for mayor or president, everyone. That's, that's how you basically say. I don't want to eh. spoil the fun. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the fun for other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know people really, really, it's spoilers are a thing. And yeah. I just, I felt a certain type of way. And so I don't, wouldn't want my opinion to sway. Now, that's funny because you, I know that you totally are usually fine with spoilers. So did you, like, read about the movie ahead of time much or... No, I actually really wanted to go into this movie not having a single idea what was going to happen. So I was excited to, you know, experience a Jordan Peele film. The last time we had it was... Was us. um, Us. Yeah. Um, So I was excited to see it. And I honestly... This is going to sound terrible. I didn't hate the movie, but at one point I was kind of like... I saw it super late at night too. So I was like Mm. a little tired. My eyes were getting heavy. And I was like... Something has to happen soon. Like, something. Ooh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, I... Okay, I hear you. I totally hear you. All right, I might see it soon. We'll see, because at first I was like, I'm fine just waiting. But I don't know, I'm kind of 
excited. I feel like there's a lot of chatter, both good and bad. So maybe I'll actually go. Yeah. And you are a filmmaker. Yeah. So I would really be interested to hear your thoughts as a filmmaker. Because oh. I'm not. I'm not a filmmaker. You are. And so I think you might have a different appreciation for this film than I do. Okay. To be honest. Cool. Okay. That's very interesting. Wow. All right. Well, now I definitely have to see it and I'll get back to you. That's great. Yeah. Fumi's hot take on Nope. Headline. <laughs> Anyway, so now, Foom, let's let's leave Nope and everything else in 2022, and let's rewind, okay? Let's go back yeah. to when we were just little itty-bitty babies. Not really, but mm-hmm. you know. In July. Kids. It, we were kids, absolutely. July yeah. 1992, 30 years ago, July 31st, this amazing, oh wild, absolutely bizarre and original movie, Death Becomes Her, was released wide in the U.S., and... Every weird kid or gay or queer person came alive, basically, <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> it's funny because I saw, and I mean, there is a there is a major, obviously, you know, gay uh, affection for this movie. It's so over the top. It's so campy, right? But I did see yeah. that Vanity Fair in, in the last few years did say that it has officially become a gay cult classic. And as someone who has worked on RuPaul's Drag Race, I know our girl Jinx... I, uh, I saw yeah. she loves this movie. This movie apparently inspired her to become a drag queen. So I love that. That's a fun Oh, little, my God. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, this movie was, is so good. And like you said, it's so campy. It's so over the top. It's so fabulous. I mean, Goldie and Meryl. Like, oh I, it doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form that this would be like an iconic film yeah. for... LGBTQ. Totally. I mean, it should be an iconic film for everybody. For everybody. So good. Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, okay. Before we get into it, are you Goldie or am I Goldie? Are you Meryl or am I Meryl? Who are we? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I will be Goldie for the simple fact of probably one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is when she's extremely, extremely hefty and she's <laughs> sitting at her couch and she's just constantly rewinding the yeah. tape of Meryl. Like, like it's a standout scene in the movie. Oh so God. I will claim Goldie specifically wow. for that. That's a brilliant scene to to lay your claim on because, yeah, she's... <laughs> what, what is she even eating? She's, like, with her hands eating, is it, like, frosting or something? Or Cool Whip? It's, like, it's ice, it's like ice cream <laughs> melted. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's disgusting oh what, she's, what she's, like, shoveling in her mouth, but she's having the time of her oh life. Oh, my God. Goldie in that fat suit was was truly eye-opening. I mean, it's it's, it's talk about Oscar-worthy, everybody. But yeah, she's <laughs> rewinding this this old bad movie of Meryl being strangled. Meanwhile, they're banging on the door. It's like her eviction notice. And then it's actually the cops. <laughs> and she doesn't give a shit. And she's just rewinding, rewinding. It is demented. That is the, I, the, <laughs> the definition of demented. So, okay, you can have it. All right, I'll be Meryl. And you can be Goldie. I love it. Good. It's set. Greg or Tom or anyone can be our Bruce Willis and painting our asses and our faces and our boobs and everything, right? Yes. Okay. So let me set the scene. Before we go into more detail about why we love this movie, this is what was going on, Foom, in July 1992. Okay? So this was back when Bush Sr. was our president. Okay? Baby Got Back was the number one song on the charts for a while. Which is funny because I was saying in another episode 
that I feel like Baby Got Back is older than this movie, but I guess not. I would have thought so, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was number one yeah. for weeks uh, in July, 92. You know, I say that, but it's funny. Rewatching this movie, and this was the first time I rewatched it in a, a couple years. It hadn't been like 10 years, but maybe four or five. I did feel, you know, some of the fashion, especially like the men's suits, you know, that early 90s look. Right. It definitely hasn't right. aged super well. Do you know what I mean? Some of the right. fashion. Right. But I do feel like some of the outfits that Meryl and oh, yes. um, Goldie, uh, Madeline and Helen wore, I would rock to this day. Like, oh, um, Helen wore this. Oh, no. Meryl, her black cat suit, jumpsuit. Yes. I, fabulous. Oh, fabulous. yes. And also Isabella yeah. Rossellini as Liesel in her yes. very revealing, beautiful, very like yes. Gaga, like pop diva outfits. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The women's fashion, amazing. At least those leads. Everyone else, I'm like. Okay, yeah, this definitely yeah, feels like leftover 80s, you know, but that's okay. That's mm-hmm. why it's part of the reason mm-hmm. why it's so good. Also on the music side, I thought this was really funny to compare. Mary J. Blige had just released her debut album. It was called What's the 411 and it was produced by Puff Daddy in July 92. Isn't that of funny? 92. Yeah. What an incredible year for music. Yeah, right? Especially wow. Just incredible month. Such catchy, yeah. amazing performers. But it's just funny to think like, wow, Mary J. Blige, like, she just always, to me, just feels like she was always performing. So a debut album. Right. Whoa. You know? Crazy. In 92. Yeah, that's, yeah, you would think that she'd been around lo- longer. Before totally. Then. Totally. But yeah. What's the 411, hun? Better know it. Better remember it. On the movie side, <laughs> some popular movies that were out in theaters before Death Becomes Her totally changed the game. A League of Their Own, which I just talked about with our friend mm. Solana on the show. That was a big yes. hit. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, the sequel to Honey, I oh Shrunk God. the Kids. <laughs> yep. I remember our girl, Carrie Russell, Felicity herself, was in that. Do you remember that one? You know what? I honestly, I have to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. You probably don't need to. I don't to. think I have. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. It's, you know, if if you if you've heard the title, you've seen the movie. They, you know, opposite of shrinking the kids in the backyard, he now Rick Moranis now accidentally shoots the kid into a a big giant kid and Carrie Russell's like, "Oh my god, I'm the babysitter. This is crazy." And that's basically it. So, you're not missing much, but that was a big thing at Did this time. Did she still have her big her big curly hair oh, in it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because that was Her pre-Felicity. Signature. She was so young. She yeah. might have honestly been a real... I think she was a real 16-year-old. So gorgeous. Big, beautiful hair that seems to never be her thing anymore. It seems like once she cut no. that hair, it never grew in the same. It scarred her. It never oh, grew in the same. Probably scarred her to death. And she was like, I never want that to be a signature. She's so beautiful, though, to oh, this day. Oh, gorgeous. I think. Right? Yes. Yeah. And yes. still has beautiful Agreed. hair. It's yes. just, you know... So that mm-hmm. was a big thing. Mo Money with Damon Wayans. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. These were all number one movies as well. Batman Returns was a big deal with Catwoman and Penguin. Wow. And, of course, this was all, yeah, within a month or two. And then, of course, Sister Act was, like, number like in the top five for months that oh. whole summer. Right? So impressive. I mean, so, to yeah. this day. You just listed classics. To this day, you watch all those movies. Right? Summer 92 was not joking okay everyone so go back in time and watch some of these awesome and especially awesome female roles and and performers yeah right for sure so right totally so that was what was going on on the box office side and how funny this movie came out the exact same day as the movie version of buffy the vampire slayer 
So that's kind of a fun little, yeah, connection. I I have to say, I do still really like that movie. I know, obviously, the show, which we love and we've talked about, is miles better, miles ahead. But I do have an appreciation for the movie. I love the cheers. How funky is your chicken? How loose is your goose? (laughs) I I remember, right? You remember that? I did love it, but I know Christy Swanson is a cuckoo. So... Yeah, she's a little crazy right now, but I do agree with you. I think that there is, like, a little special place in my heart for this film. It wasn't bad. It wasn't necessarily the most amazing thing we've ever seen, but it wasn't bad. Oh, totally. I feel like, you know, we probably watched it as kids. Luke Perry was gorgeous. There's a lot of fun little supporting players. Hilary Swank, David Arquette. I mean, so that was was definitely not a bad movie at all, and it then led to, of course— uh, a show that really changed TV. So you got to give it up I mean, for Buffy the movie, at least a little bit, you know? But yes, that came in agreed. at like number like seven or so. Death Becomes Her opened at number one. Buffy sort of was a flop. So that's okay. We yeah. still love it, right? Mm-hmm. But so, Foon, before mm-hmm. I list our key players and, and crew to tell us, you know, where they were in their careers, I want to throw it over to you. In your own words, what is Death Becomes Her about? Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Death Becomes Her is about, to me, two friends who have a falling out and who are going through midlife crises, Mm. or crises, however you say that word, Mm -hmm. and find something that is so special and amazing that turns their life around, and then they rediscover their friendship. Yes! They put, they put, what is it, the thing? You put, uh, well, it's kind of ogre, I won't say it. Wait, what? No, say it. I was going to say, it's like the 90s version of Chicks Before Dicks. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's okay. I I don't think... (laughs) That's so funny. I was not expecting you to say that. Uh, (laughs) I think that's that's a really good way to put this. I don't think that's offensive or anything. I like that. Female friendship first yes because it is nice things do come together for them even if they bicker and still are not great people yeah i think they're they put their (laughs) they put their issues aside right and they ride off into the sunset together because well they have to right i like that they have no choice i like how you looked on the bright side right i feel like other people would be like (laughs) well with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They both die and uh, they're stuck together and they're bitchy, awful people. <laughs> but you're like, friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, thing. listen, they are bitchy, awful people, but they do have 
friendship. Yes. Friendship. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, they you, do. you gotta have your partner somehow. And so their partner is yeah. each other, whether they like it or not. Yes, absolutely. So good. Love that. Beautifully said. To be young at heart. Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. Is that someone? It's Madeline Ashton. Oh, she was a big star in the 60s. I thought she was dead. Oh, madam. You look younger every day. Thank you, Rose. But Madeline Ashton and her old friend, Helen Sharp. I've lost men to her before. Mad Hill. Are about to go <laughs> too far. So this was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who had just done, this was where he was in his career, because he, later on, fun fact, Foom, I don't know if you know this, he, a few years after this, about eight years, directed one of our other faves, which, when it hits its next milestone anniversary, you are totally coming back on for What Lies Beneath. (gasps) You know that's, like, literally one of my top, like, five favorite movies of all time. I know. I know it is. And I love that you love it, and I love it, too. But how cool, right? So he directed that as well. He's really straddled a a few different genres, because before this, he had just done all the Back to the Future movies, all three of them. He also oh, had wow. just done, right? He also had just done Who Framed Roger Rabbit, another massive, you know, kind of game changer of a yeah. film in the late 80s. So this guy was definitely very technical savvy, you know, good storyteller. So that's Robert Zemeckis. And eclectic. Very eclectic, right? I know. Like yeah. like lots of really cool big things. Um, he, I think, also later on went to went on to do uh, Castaway. So all different kinds of big mm. award-nominated genres, right? But so the writers were two men, writers Martin Donovan and David Coep. Now, they didn't really have a lot under their, you know, belt on their resume at this time. But I know David Coep, just a year later, went on to write Jurassic Park and some major, major oh, blockbusters. So, yeah, kind whoa. of. Another another person who could straddle a few different genres and really make them soar, you know? So that was behind the scenes. Now the cast. One of the most, and you agree, I'm sure, one of just the best casts ever, Absolutely. right? Even even Absolutely. some of the smaller roles, the one-liners, the doctors, and the, the, the funny girl in the, like, plastic surgeon's office or wherever Meryl goes in the beginning in her pink outfit. Oh, Mr. Chagall, I'm sorry, yeah. Mr. Chagall. I love everyone in this movie, right? <laughs> everyone is perfect. So we'll start, of course, with Meryl and Goldie. So Meryl had just yes. done in her career, she had just done Postcards from the Edge and She-Devil. So it's funny because She-Devil wasn't that... wasn't that far before this and so she was in that dark comedy phase of her career and she does it so well you know she does like I know she does the drama and the tears beautifully but man the comedy we forget sometimes that she is a comedy queen Goldie a major comedy queen right Goldie had just done House Sitter with Steve Martin and Deceived. A more yes. Of a, yes. Have you seen those? Oh, I re- yes. I remember House Sitter more than I remember Deceived, but Deceived was good, right? It was more like of a more of a like thriller, a thriller suspense. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, because her husband, her hu- she like her husband like disappeared or something in that movie. I right? think so. Yeah. It's been so yes. long since I've seen that. I'm pretty sure I saw that on on TV with my mom. But yes, that was a little bit of like a departure of her normal. You know, quirky comedy stuff, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she had just done those. House Sitter had just come out like a month prior. So she was having a moment this summer. Now we move over to Bruce Willis, who I forget. And for a long time, I didn't realize that was him. Because even though he just has a mustache and glasses, it's so 
different for Bruce Willis. You know what I mean? Like from he is, who we remember, for who we know as today. Yes, yeah, a thousand right? percent. Yes. He is so yeah. good in this bumbling, alcoholic doctor uh-huh. surgeon, right? He's so good. So he had just done Die Hard 2, had just come out a little bit uh, before this, The Last Boy Scout. So he obviously by this time was a mega action you know, superhero kind of guy, right? Mm -hmm. So to see him screaming at such a high-pitched, you know, sound in this movie and and being so goofy in his eyes, I mean, he gives great comedy in this movie as well. It's it's pretty amazing what he's doing. He does. Right? Mm -hmm. He totally does. And then last but not least, we mentioned Isabella Rossellini. What a vixen. What a role. I mean, holy cow, right? So hot. The body, the outfits. She's only really in... What would you say? I think she's only really in two or three scenes, but wow, you are glued yeah. to her, right? I remember as a kid thinking she was just like a goddess, right? Yes. I recently wanted, because I had seen the movie recently, and I was like, how old was she when she made this movie? Because like you said, she yeah. is just hot to Molly, like very sexy, everything sitting where it needs to be, very <laughs> yeah. young, smooth, like she just looks so great. I'm like, I damn, love that, yeah. like... What a great way to, yeah, everything, what did you say? Everything's sitting where it's supposed to be? Is that what you said? (laughs) I love it. sitting where it needs to be. (laughs) Where it needs to be? Oh, I love that. Because that is Isabella Rossellini in this movie. You summed her up. I'm going to look up her age right now. I know she, up until this point, was really making a name for herself in, like, various David Lynch weird movies, like Wild at Heart and Blue Velvet and all that stuff. So let me just see. Okay. She is, wow. Wow, this is pretty awesome. She was 40 when this came out. So maybe 39, 40 when they Incredible. were Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. And as you know, back, I mean, 40 nowadays is pretty young. I mean, we, we see our housewives and our actors now. And, of course. you know, honestly, I was, just, I was just talking to friends about this. Besides Euphoria and, of course, a couple other shows, I feel like, you know, our, our idols nowadays, our movie stars, are actually a little older. We don't have a lot of, like, 22-year-old... You know, like how it was oh, no. in the 90s. Not at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? A thousand so, percent. Yes. For her to look that good and so stunning at 40 in 1992, that's an awesome casting yeah. choice, I have to say. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. And fun she fact, can. I saw that. Oh, my gosh. What is her name? She was in the show Jag. She's been around for a while. I'm going to look her up. But I saw that Isabella Rossellini's um, body double. I guess when she's like in the pool later on, she's all naked. We see her butt a few times. That is actually not Isabella. That is this actress. Oh, this is the, that's the actress. Yes. That is another oh. woman who's done a few different things. Catherine Bell. You might not know her name, but you know her face. And she even did some Skinamax back in the day in the 90s. Oh. So she really She really had it going on. Catherine Bell, she is most known for, best known for Jag and Army Wives. So look her up. Oh my God. Yes. You I know, know who her. you're talking about. Yep. Yes. You know her. It makes from a lot Army of sense. Wives. Like, I know her oh, from yeah. Army Wives. Did you watch that show? Oh my God. I did. That is hilarious. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense now that you say that and I can put the face to the name because they do right? actually kind of yeah. look alike. Totally. They really, and hilarious. now that you know that. Like when I when I was looking that up and then I rewatched the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally make her out. But it's it's also great casting because they they look so similar. So she also might have been around the same age as well. But yeah, so fun fact, she went on to do other things. But at this time, she was sort of a, a hot body in movies. So there you go. 
That's but, so funny. Right? So that's my little spiel on our main players. Of course, like I said, there's some great cameos. Oh. I know Sidney Pollack, who who mm-hmm. passed away, but he was a big director and actor. He played the doctor who passes out and is on the operating table in the hospital after yes. he can't figure out what's wrong with Meryl, right? Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do this? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. So there's some yes. really good little uh, roles for people. And how funny, Foom. Real quick, and then I'll shut up. About a year and a half ago, I did a Zoom play um, for a main, small main theater as like a fundraiser. It was um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I had a small part. And as I'm looking up oh, the fun. cast, I realized that the lead, the guy that pl- was playing the lead, the Paul Newman role, his name is Michael A. Nichols. I'm totally going to have to tell him that I'm talking about him. I'm looking him up, Foom, and I realize, oh my God, he's been in some major movies in his life. He lives in Portland now. But I'm like, oh my God, how funny. Okay. This guy is just in this little Zoom play we're doing. Not no pay or anything. I see on his resume, and I shit you not, he was in Death Becomes Her. You better believe I emailed him immediately. Said, "Oh my God, Michael! I know we barely know each other. I know we're doing this play together, but I just want to say, I'm a fan. I love what you've done." He played one of Liesel Isabella Rossellini's guys. He's actually kind of like her. Her. Oh, he's one of the hot guys behind her. Absolutely. He he has long hair. He's the one that, if you remember, when Meryl once she takes the potion and her boobs are you know, moving on the road yeah. in the mirror. She yeah. She's loving herself and she whispers, what an iconic line, I'm a girl. And he he goes like yeah. that. He's kind of like the main uh, henchman, if you will. Long, dark hair. Oh my God. Super funny. attractive. What a great movie to be part of. And did you notice Fabio is one of her henchmen as well? Yes, I do. The, I do remember end, that. He, but I think they did that the on towel. purpose. Probably, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that I think that was like a funny like a cameo stunt, type thing. Yeah, but stunt yes. casting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It makes perfect yeah. sense. But I forgot. I'm rewatching. Like, oh my god, Fabio is in this movie. How funny. Um, so yeah, Fum, tell me, when did you first see this glorious movie? Do you remember? Do you recall? So that's a really good question. I definitely didn't. I don't think I saw it when I was a uh, 92. I think I was seven. Yeah, I was seven. Um, I saw it a little earlier, actually. I think what was happened was it was on TV. Yeah. And I was hanging out with my mom. And she was like, oh, this movie is really funny. We should watch it. And I was like, okay. I was like, it's Meryl, it's Goldie, two actresses that I love. Why not? Yeah. And I just fell in love with it. I was laughing. I couldn't. I was actually not surprised Goldie did a movie like this, but I was kind of surprised that Meryl had done a movie like this. Because at the time, she she was like the big, you know, Oscar-nominated actress. I thought she only did like really big, big, big type films. Um, But I really enjoyed her. I really enjoyed her character. Like you said, Bruce Willis, I really was surprised by his character in it. Oh, yeah. And it was just so funky and funny and hilarious and campy. I was just like, oh, this is one of those types of movies. Because, you know, one thing about me, which you do know, is that I really don't watch movies a lot, like twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll watch something and then I won't ever have to see it again. This is one of those movies. <laughs> it's true, everyone. This is it's one true. of those movies. It's true. It's true. I don't know why, but it's true. This is one of those movies that I'd like, oh, I, I probably watch it every few years just because it's fun and enjoyable for me. Totally. Totally. I am right there with you. I know because I, obviously, you know, there's so much content now that you honestly, there's no time to rewatch stuff. But a movie yeah. like this. It only makes your life better to put it on every few years, right? See things that you totally missed. Because, you know, when we saw it as kids, we loved it because it is so over the top and funny that it makes total sense that 
especially, you know, more mature kids would totally get a kick out of it and quote these lines and say it just like they do, right? But as you get older, much like Clueless and other things, it's like then you really hear the jokes and you're like, oh my God, this script is brilliant, you know? It's so brilliant. It's, I mean, the jokes, like you said, still stand to today. And I guess it's just for the writing. I guess I don't know if it was like ahead of its time, but... Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that the characters say in the in the film are still totally. unbelievably hilarious to <laughs> to, 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 to twenty twenty two. Totally. Oh my god. Yeah, it's held up very well. That's sassy. Held up so well. Like bitchy kind of humor. Oh my god. Are you kidding? Yeah. I feel like this movie. I mean, we we were too young. I was too young to really understand like what even was going on at this time in my life, but. I mean, I can't I can't imagine many mainstream movies were this sassy, this, you know, sarcastic and biting with that humor. That's like pretty special. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A touch of magic. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. Now, I have to ask you, Foom. Now, if you were these women or if actually, no, if you're just you. Would you take the potion? You're you live in LA. You, Ooh, you're you're among all that's these a good Hollywood question. people. Would you if you're at a party and someone gives you Liesel's info? Liesel Liesel von Rumen, I believe is her name. Would you actually go and take the potion? That's a really good question, Mark. I'm gonna say no because I have no desire to live forever. Yeah, yeah. Um. And obviously, as you come to find out within the film, it has it has its side effects. You may live forever, but it's not like you're going to be in one piece. Oh, my God. Seriously, <laughs> literally, at that end, I mean, that ending is so iconic. I know we're jumping around a bit, but that ending is so iconic. I mean, I was thinking when I was rewatching, I was like, seriously, what would have been next? Like, now they're all in yeah. pieces. I assume. What are you going to do? My brain goes to, okay, you know what? That's when someone at, at Ernest's funeral, at Bruce Willis's funeral, right? is walking by some weirdo, whatever, and they have to take this person under their wing and show them how to piece them back together. And now they have their new young yeah. protege. That's what I would do if mm-hmm. if I was tasked with making a sequel. I'd be like, now they got to like find some younger woman, man, gay person could be fun, some beautician. And now they're yeah. teaching them as they're all in these severed limbs, right? Because that is such a funny, dark, demented ending. Dark, d- is it is and so yeah i just have no desire to live for forever so no i would not take the potion but i will say and i'm going to be honest it would be very tempting okay very 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 tempting to just like get your body back to how it felt when you felt really young and at your best i'd really think about it but at the end of the day i wouldn't do it i'd be like earnest yeah Totally. I know. I'd be like, I'd Ernest, too. you're so right. When he has it like on his lips, he's about to drink it. Uh-huh. But then I love yeah. how they're like, drink it, drink it, you know, <laughs> drink and it. Then he's like, <laughs> and then, and, and then what is, what's the line? They say, you have to, we need you. And then he's like, oh God, <laughs> never mind. Forget this. Right. But I totally hear you. I, I mean, I, even as a kid, I loved the look of not only the potion, but like the contraption that it's in the box. I want mm-hmm. I, I literally, I remember like constructing it out of, construction paper at home. I'm like, I'm going to cut this and draw my own Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I so badly wanted that prop. I'm surprised they never, like, sold it, like, as a... As a gag, you know, like like bottle of, like, an alcohol or something. Do you know what I mean? It was such a beautiful prop and how it unfolded. Oh, my God. So, it's very tempting, just the look of it. And, of course, then feeling younger, looking good. Because, you know, we're getting there. I'm starting to see... 
Well, yeah. real talk. What what on you do you feel like are is is change? Have you seen changes in your thirties? I'm starting to see gray hair. Okay. Yep. Yeah, uh huh. And so that's been a little difficult. It's not a lot. It's like one or two strands here or there. That's not bad. It's like okay. Right at the tip of like my hairline. <laughs> yeah. So I really can see it. Um, so that's been probably the most difficult thing. I mean, knock on wood, I don't have like wrinkles yet. That's good. But um Lucky. Yeah, the gray man, hair. I is... see in some photos or just like when I catch myself in the mirror, like my laugh lines, which let's face it, everyone, they're wrinkles. You can call them laugh lines, but they're wrinkles. Um, I'm just like, oh, wow, they're getting deeper. Okay, wow. Yeah. I'm like, you know, my face yeah. is changing a bit. Body's changing. I think the worst thing for me right now, in my, I'm 35, getting older, is hair is starting to change. Like, I have this goddamn eyebrow hair that keeps growing straight out. And I have to keep trimming it. Oh, boom. no. Yeah. So I'm becoming like that guy with like, oh, he's got his weird eyebrow hair. Yeah. That's not great. Oh, but, no. You know, well, yeah. babe, that you can just do at an eyebrow person. Just yeah. Go get I might her just have to, or him to bite the it. bullet. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think so. You're like, babe, get that fixed. <laughs> You're too young to be just letting that. <laughs> You're like, I, I know a guy. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's my annoyance these days is like, you know, just unruly hairs, you know, kind of like with your gray hair, you know, things not only change color, but start to change like uh, the style, the texture, right? It gets a little wiry yeah. and stuff. So I'm not ready yeah. for that. Oh my God, please just prolong it as long as possible. I know. But yeah, Seriously. I agree. Long story short, I don't think I would take it either. It's super tempting, but the living forever, like you can't Mm-mm. drink that alone, right? Mm-mm. Like. Because even Bruce Willis says, what am I going to do? Oh, wait, I think he says this to Lisa. He's like, wait a minute. What if I get bored? What am I going to do? I'm just going to hang out with Madeline and Helen. That sounds awful, right? Like, you would need yeah. a lot of cool people to drink it as well so that, you know, you got your, your people, right? Who of wants to keep course. making friends? It's the same thing with a vampire, Ugh. basically, right? Who Ugh. wants to keep, like, every... terrible. Right? Every 80 years, like, hi, what's your name? All right, I guess we'll become friends yeah. now for the next 80 years, right? And that's a really, you know, they're at a difficult age where it's hard to make new friends at oh, that t- totally. at that age and at that point in your life. So, yes. I mean, no, forget it. I just, and also with all the way that the world changes, I'm good. I don't need to see what totally. the world's going to be in another not, not 100 years. I'm Honestly, good. amen. You're very right on that aspect. That's why sometimes I'm like, I don't think we're, I want to like even think about having kids because the world isn't really great right now. And I think in like 40 no. years, it's really not going to be great. So... <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. like, you know, put that on someone else. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like, it, the world is already crazy. And, you know, it's funny. I always kind of heard this, but this latest rewatch, I really was listening and thinking about, like, yeah, like, you know, Madeline is an actress, right? She loves being in the spotlight. But Liesel even mm-hmm. says, and later at the party, these famous people, right? We see Elvis. We see Marilyn Monroe and Andy Warhol. And I think we even see a flash of a James Dean lookalike. But... You uh-huh. take the potion, and yeah, after about 10 years or so, you're supposed to hide because you can't let the secret out. So what's right. the point? You look good, but you, you're going to have to hide but nobody anyway. can see it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Makes no sense. Right? It really mm-hmm. doesn't. So stay away, everyone. Ernest, I'm in the morgue. They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. He's dead! 
She's dead, Ernest. Now he's dead. He's dead? Ernest is dead? Everybody's dead! I love the moment where Madeline discovers that Helen has, like, something's yes. off with her when they're yes. at her, um, is it a, it's a book signing, right? They're at her book yes. signing. They go to her book, book and party. Yeah. Madeline's like, why does she look so good? <laughs> Meanwhile, Madeline's over here, like trying to look her best for her really young lover that she's taken. Yes. And like trying to make sure she looks really like tight and clean, expecting that she's going to look better than Helen and like kind of ready for that moment. That's going to make her feel really good because yep. she knows that she's won and Helen has lost. And then having her see Helen for the first time and she's like, what in the hell is going on? Absolutely. Like what is happening? You are so right. That's a great scene. It's shot so well because they have that lookalike of the bigger Helen standing in front of her. Uh-huh. And she steps uh-huh. aside. Yep. She's, she's immediately like, oh, yeah, there she is. And then she steps aside. And then there's this beautiful Goldie Hawn so svelte in this red. And then we follow Meryl in like slow motion. And like... Like she's right. That's I'm such an amazing moment. Just as she turns, mad hell, right? <laughs> hell. Oh. <laughs> I love how and many times the they fakeness. say that. Yes. <laughs> mad yes. hell. And just the fakeness of like them like doing the kisses on the cheeks yes. and how excited they are to see one another. And Helen's like just basking in the glow of being like, look at me, bitch. Like, oh, I look amazing. God. And Madeline's yeah. looking at her, and she's just like, how the hell do you look this good? Like, right. I need to know immediately. Absolutely. Everything that they say between, like, the conversations that happen with women that yeah. are never actually said out loud, but it's just done um, through actions and, like, physicality. I mean, it's done to perfection yeah. with those two women in, in oh, that totally. scene. It really is done so well. Totally. And I think in that scene, we hear the woman that is complimenting Ernest. She goes up to him and says, like, you did a great job on my aunt. You know, because years, you know, he's he's a plastic surgeon in the beginning. But then as the years go on, he ends up just sort of, it seems like he's like just really like a mortician, right? He's just like working on dead yeah. people. So this woman uh-huh. says, you've done such a good job on my aunt. What's your secret? And he's like, spray paint, which is great because yeah. he uses that on these dead women, right? But that same yeah. woman, I'm pretty sure she's she's looking at at um, Helen's book and and Madeline's overhearing, and I think I think they establish that her age is 50, right? I think she says like, "How old is she?" And I think Madeline says 50, and they're all like, mm-hmm. "I think it's 50, not 40." So yeah, so it's just so amazing that whole sequence is so good. And you're right, I had forgotten about the young lover, and how actually that scene is so sad. I really feel for Madeline because. She thinks she's hot shit. She's ready for a fun night with her boy. And then you yeah. see this young, naked woman in the background. And then, of course, right as he says to he her... He says really mean things. Yes, yeah. He, he says, says some, terrible things. some nasty things. He's following her up the stairs. And he's saying some nasty things. And right as he says, like, find someone your own age or something like that, then it just He's starts, like, we look ridiculous right, together. Right. Do you know what people... Th- Say when or think when they see us together. Yeah. Yeah. Find someone your own age. Find mm-hmm. someone of your own age, right? Really harsh stuff. And then, of course, to make her night even worse, it just starts pouring rain. It's yes. so darkly funny. Like at times, even Greg, when he was rewatching this with me, he's like, this almost feels like it could be like a John Waters or even like Tim Burton movie. Like it's so odd. And the timing is so perfect that, you know, sometimes you just for you think it's just going to be a, a weirder director, you know? 
It's so yeah. good that way. Yeah. Because it is good. Like, you're right. Like, it is really sad. And then she gets in her car and she's driving and she's in the rain and you're, she's swerving yes. and you're like, oh my God, don't get into an accident. And then she looks in the mirror and she's like, ah! And she screams because she sees her, like, makeup melting and then she's, like, yes. looking for a compact. I mean, it's, it's so good, the comedy element of, like, a really sad moment that's happening in her life and how they turn it into like a really humorous totally i humorous had forgotten moment. that moment yes because because she rips the card up from her doctor from the guy yes and she, she does. doesn't even think about it until she's looking for something to wipe the rain and the makeup off then she sees it right yeah so it's yeah. interesting that she totally pushed that off uh, and that, yeah, it's all because of the rain that it makes her think that. But yeah, I also have to say one of the best beginnings of a movie. I love seeing Meryl on Broadway and, and Songbird. Mm-hmm. And like there are people leaving saying, oh, my God, it's awful. This is garbage. And she's singing yep. her song. I see me and I like what I see. Like, it's just so <laughs> perfect. And she's got her dancers, all the men on stage, and that beautiful shot. I mean, that must have taken so much time. It's showing her on stage, and then we're now panning to the crowd. People are getting up and leaving. People are snoring, right? What a great way to officially show us this diva who is really not that great. And then we pan over to see, you know, Goldie and Bruce when they're younger, together, fiancés. And then, you know, I forgot that so many years passed. There's a lot of seven years later, another seven years. Like, it's it Mm -hmm. moves fast, you know, and we see them throughout their different phases. You know, it sets it up as Meryl is this diva who thinks the world of herself, that she can get anybody she wants. Helen is just like the supportive friend. Right. She takes her fiance to go see um, Madeline on on. Uh, the stage and pretends like it's the best thing she's ever seen, even though it's like tragically horrific. And what happened seven years later, seven years later, she turned around and Helen's entire life was blown up because Madeline's taken her man. Totally, totally. And I just remembered, and I've always thought this, even as a kid, when we meet Madeline, I think it's the first seven years later. I forget. Maybe it's the second, but when we meet her, she's in bed and her maid who I kind of love and wanted to see more of her. Her maid comes in. I've always wanted remote blinds. I think that is so awesome. Remember when she's lying there in bed sleeping and then they just hit the button and the blinds are moving? I always thought, wow, that is a rich person's life. That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Click, open, click, close. You don't have to move. You you just hit a button and now the sun is shining and it's like, wow, that's money right there. That is money. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. But there are just so many great lines. And the way these people, you know, deliver these lines, everything from, I have a hole in my stomach. I mean, that whole scene and their fight is so good. You know, the twisted necks and the, the like, the, the wooden kind of spear through the hole in the couch. It's yes. so, it's so good. These women are just giving it their all, you know? They really are. It's a lot of physical comedy. A lot of physical comedy in the movie. You're so right. It really is. More than you'd think that there would be. But, um, yeah, from the moment that Ernest decides to push. What does she say to him when they have that big fight at the top of the stairs right before she falls down? Flaccid. Flaccid. (laughs) Her voice. I mean, the things she can do with her voice in this movie. Blah, blah, blah at his funeral, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
She is just so blunt, and oh my gosh, she is just serving so much fierceness. But yeah, flaccid, flaccid. And I think she sticks out her tongue, flaccid, and then he just loses it, right? Oh my god, I love that whole. I mean, for a long time, I would joke. And I, I sometimes really do it to this day. I would joke, like, I'm on the edge of the step. And I'm like, anyone who's around, I'm like, oh, my. And people are just like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, my God. Mark. <laughs> but I need to be careful. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't do that. I'm top of It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, my God. But no, it's so great. Because she's like, help me. Help me. And then she's yes. like, hurry up and do it. Or yes. be a man or something. Uh-huh. And then he's like, you know what? F this. And, and he, he just, just gives, like, yep, the little, the little <laughs> finger push. And that is such a grisly fall, man. Oh, my God. Those special effects. Wow. We see her land on her neck. And then the rolling, rolling. Of course, it's like the longest staircase in the history of the world. But, yeah, wow. I mean, talk. Like the throw of the arm. Right? Oh, yeah. on the other side. When she's all wrapped Mm -hmm. up in herself. And and you know what? It's Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that it's like a blow-up doll. But it it makes it even sicker. You know what I mean? That she's so limp and twisted and... I mean, talk about the staircase. Wow, yikes. I, I don't know if uh, what's-his-name got ideas from this movie with his wife. Um, but oh, we'll leave it at that, oh, right? Oh. And then, and then it, you know, I had forgotten. I mean, even though they're both iconic moments, we have two major stair falls with the ending and, and then, of course, with Meryl's death. So, you know, those special effects people were working oh, hardcore. Wow. Yeah, it comes back. You know what? I know you're totally right. It does. And I never really put that together. I wonder if that's done on purpose. I think so. And, you know, actually, there's even almost a third fall because then when they're trying, it's so funny. I forgot how funny it is with the drink. They want to poison or they want to drug Ernest because they've realized Mm -hmm. quickly, oh, he needs to take the potion because we need his skills. Right. Which is. So mm-hmm. selfish. I'm like, you ladies. Oh, my so God. Hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. But so they give him the drink and he is sloshing it around and spilling it everywhere. And their eyes are wide. It's such great comedy. And he even is on the edge of those same steps that Meryl was because they knock him out with the, the planters. Right. And so yes. he's almost going to fall. So we have a lot of stare action in this movie. Yeah, you it's really pretty, do. That's you the, really do. the theme, everyone. Just be careful of those stairs in your mansions. You pushed me down the stairs. This movie is really, truly perfection. And side note, how is it not a musical yet? It absolutely needs to be a stage musical. You're on, I mean, a thousand percent. I could right? not disagree. I, like, I could not agree with you more. Right? Like a thousand percent. I mean, okay, so I love also some other quotes and scenes. I always say, I say it to Greg, I say it to everyone. Now a warning when um, Meryl's at... <laughs> I love that line. I love it so much. She's sitting in Liesel's, you know, living room, and she just took that potion. No warning. Now a warning? Which, by the way, it is freaky how, you know, the, again, the special effects, seeing, like, the veins, the neck veins, when they when mm-hmm. they take the potion and the, the finger, mm-hmm. you know? It's pretty freaky. Yeah, she so she just took the all, potion, yeah. yep, and she does that little shake, and then... <laughs> Liesel says, you know, now a warning. Now a warning? Now? I thought that was brilliant. Um, that's great. That whole bit is great. Oh, I always was really freaked out by Goldie's twisting of her, like, handkerchief. Do you remember that? when? Oh, when, when she would get, like, irritated really, and angry. Yes, and then the yes. blood at, when she's, she's secretly at their wedding. That always stuck yep. with me. I was always like, oh, my God, there is a darkness to this movie. Oh, my God. There you know? <laughs> 
She was pushed to her limit. She couldn't take it anymore. Totally. She was like, she's gonna get, she's gonna get her. She's gonna get her any way that she can. Absolutely. Yeah, those are great. I, I one of my favorites is when um, Helen comes to the mansion because yes. Ernest calls her because he's just killed Madeline. Yeah. And she's like, "What part of the plan didn't you understand?" <laughs> Yep. And she's like, and you decided to call me, Ernest? What do you think the police are going to yes. think when I'm your first phone call? You, you know she's what's, like, you idiot! I know. I love that part, too. Goldie is so... You know what's really cool about this movie is, you know, we have our three leads, and I never really thought of it this way until today, that, like, I feel like... And, and they're great from start to finish, don't get me wrong. But I feel like the first act... Meryl seems to really be the focus and she is giving mm-hmm. just such, you know, with, with her learning about the potion and her life and all that. And then act two is like Goldie's act where she's coming up yeah. with that. One of my favorites is her amazing elaborate plan to kill Madeline and how yep. in, in their like fantasy, it's slow motion and they repeat what Goldie says. Like, like, um, Oh, she'll, we'll ask if we can just come over for dinner. And then Meryl goes, why don't you just come over for dinner? Like, I love, <laughs> you know, I love how they repeat themselves like that. But that whole sequence is great. So Goldie has some amazing work in the middle. And then I feel like Bruce has some really great stuff in the end, you know, with yeah. him freaking out at the ladies. And then, of course, this big chase through this amazing mansion and, and his whole will he or will he not, you know. So... It's a really well-written script where those three leads each have a real good chunk where it's focused on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never actually thought of it that way, but you're a thousand percent right. It is kind of broken up into, like, they're each individual little chapters um, where you get to focus on their backstories. And then they all just kind of come together for, like, the very, very, very end of the the movie. The big climax for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I love, I just thought of it, is... When so they now are desperate for Bruce's help, and they're together and they're friends again, right? They've they fought mm-hmm. and then they've cried and everything. Now they're friends and they're like, I forget exactly what they say, but they're basically saying like, you know, we need you. Like, can, how about for old times' sake, can you fix her the hole in her stomach? And then he's like, I don't know. And yeah. then they just with their dead eyes, they're just like, please. That's always funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? That always got me too, especially with Goldie's like pupils, you know. That was great. That whole middle sequence is... Yes! You're totally right. Just, like, how big her eyes are and kind Uh of, like, kind of scary, actually, in a little bit, in a way. Oh, yeah. How her eyes look after she's, you know, died, I guess, for a second time. Yeah. Because I guess you could say, does the potion kill you? Is that what it is? Like, what does the potion do to you internally? It's... That's a really good question, because we, you know... It's a great movie, but we really don't have a lot of info about the potion whatsoever. So I'm going right. to say, from just my perspective, I don't think it kills you. But I think, like Liesl does say, you have to take care of your body. You have to be careful. I think it, by making you young, it totally like must upset your, your skin and your, um, you know, what's that term? Why can't I think of it? Like you're, um, like you're kind of almost immunocompromised. You know what I mean? So, like, now you're susceptible to, like, anything hurting you, falling, like, you know. So, I don't think it kills you, but I think it now puts you at risk. That's what I'm going to think, you know. Okay. Okay. It's a lie. After Madeline shoots Helen in the stomach and she goes flying and then she's just 
sitting there and assuming that Helen's dead and then Helen gets up out of the fountain yes. and both Madeline and Ernest reacting and like crawling oh, yeah. back and they're yes. both in complete shock about what has just occurred and then Madeline realizing wait a minute and then yes. seeing the pin oh the pin remember the pin the that pin. they all wear the that, pin that they is, get yes the pin is interesting because that she just takes that right off of her like uh, whatever you want to call that, like big necklace that her, covers like, her boobs. Her like decolletage. Yes, exactly. So she gives that to everyone who has it. Yeah. Yes. That's a, that's a great scene as well. Because again, it's such good physical comedy. And I love that you brought up when Goldie stands up, the way Bruce and Meryl backtrack. And it's, it's like, it's just so good because it is actually kind of scary, you know, but they're giving their all a hundred percent physical, you know, that must've been so fun to shoot. But yeah, then she's, she's getting her idea. You see on Meryl's face, like, wait, something's totally up. I'm dead. You're dead. And then she finds that pin. Yeah. I kind of want that pin. They should sell that. I kind of want it too. Right. They should, you know what? You actually make a very good point of all the things that they should have sold for this movie. Yes. You make a very good point. They right? missed out on the merchandising. Come for this on film, marketing. Yeah, totally. They did. Totally. Cause that would be such a fun, I'm sure out there on Instagram, some cool creator on Etsy or something has a little pin. I'll buy it for you. I'll buy it. I'll get you one. <laughs> we won't, we won't do the potion, but we'll pretend and we'll just wear the pin. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. would love to your point about seeing this as a musical hmm. I kind of would be curious to see what this would look like as a remake I don't think it needs to be remade because I think it's done to perfection honestly yes but I would be kind of curious to see what it would look like boom I was gonna get to that you and I are on the same wavelength my the, the Helen to my Madeline okay I <laughs> wanted to pick your brain because as I was watching it and even in the days leading up I was like yeah, this movie should not be touched. It should just cha- transition to a, a stage musical that I could see that being very successful. But if we hear, I wouldn't be surprised, if we hear they're going to remake it, who would you cast? What would it be about? What's the new spin, right? What do you think? Because I was thinking it could be really fun. I don't know if this would be as general audience, which is sad, but I think it could be really fun with two gay guys who are... Oh, I think right? I am a hundred percent there with right? you. I think it could be actually so fun. So funny, like so fun. Gay guys in L.A., Palm Springs, like trying to be youthful. It's so funny. Yes. It can be so dark and catty. I just don't know who would who would be in it. Like I immediately think of like Matt Bomer because he's so beautiful and doesn't age. But yes. I don't. I don't know if he could be a lead. But he would absolutely have to be in it. I mean. Because he's just ageless. He'd have to be in it. Um, the guy who just wrote the the Pride and Prejudice remake off of Hulu, for, on Hulu. Oh, Joel Cambooster? Yeah, yes. He's really great looking, too. Yes, you're right. He's great casting. Good idea. Ooh, maybe he could be the Isabella Rossellini character. I was just thinking the same thing. He's, he's kind of hot. Oh, like, yeah. He's not kind of. He is. Oh, he's yeah. extremely good looking. Oh, he takes really good care of himself. Great shape. I totally could see that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Foom. I love that. And he could work like a weird haircut. He already kind of has like like severe bangs and I could see him showing <laughs> off the body right and being super weird and mysterious yes yeah that would be such a fun role I am role. dying over you saying <laughs> you already have severe bangs well you know I no shade I don't mean that in a mean way but he kind of has Gail Weathers scream three bangs if, you, if you've seen a picture <laughs> recently <laughs> you know but yes you know You're so right 
and maybe and yeah maybe all the all the genders are swapped maybe it's mostly men but then bruce willis is now a woman you know which that could be really fun she could be you know a beautician or or something you know or it could be phaedra she's a mortician right (laughs) or no i guess i guess she's not a mortician but she owns her funeral home which i love um or is it rupaul like the like the drag queen who like oh my god who like knows how to keep everything like perfect and pristine and knows all the tricks and kicks of everything oh my god yeah there has to be a drag element oh foom genius yeah this could be a really fun new movie with a lot of gay humor and you could have some fun celebrity cameos yeah there's definitely something here for sure I could see it. You know, if, if they if they remade it and switched things, like what we're talking about, if they if they made it modern and switched, I think it's worth it. If they just, you know, remake it with now it's Recycle still two women, I feel like there's no need. There's truly no need. Right? I agree. I agree. If they're going to do it, they got to kind of turn it on their head a little bit. But yep. I think it could be funny. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. I love that idea so much. Yeah. Love it. And, you know, I was just looking at my notes. One thing that I always missed, I never got it until now. Maybe you got it when you rewatched. I had to Google this because I didn't know. But when, um, so when Madeline, she's just taken the post. Oh, no, she's about to take the potion. Before she says bottoms up, um, Liesl's telling her some rules, right? She just pricked her finger. Ow, what are you nuts? She says something. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't write the full line down. But she said someone that she, that she gave the potion to said i want to be alone and then meryl gasps no yeah did you know what that was referencing yeah it's um you're okay i can't remember the actress's name but it's referencing a 19 i think i want to say 1950s or maybe i think even older your 1920s yeah might have been 1920s starlet Who um, what might have been like Swedish or German or something. Greta Garbo. I, Greta Garbo. Greta yes. Garbo. Yes. Um, so you knew about this. Okay, good. She, yes, I did when I, yeah, I did when I watched. Yeah. Um, that's who she's referencing. Yeah. She's referencing Greta Garbo. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yes, because doesn't that. Greta Garbo just like walk away from Harley, Hollywood at one point? You know, I don't know enough about her. Let's see. She only really did. On IMDb, she only has 33 titles, which is a lot, but you would think for her... Yeah, she, her last movie was 1941, but she died in 1990. So, 1990. So she was in out of the public eye for a long time. So maybe... Yeah, maybe that mm-hmm. makes sense. That's why... I guess maybe she said, I want to be alone. And so Liesel is basically saying... The writers are saying that Greta Garbo took this potion... And just sort of said, to oh, just, I want to like, be alone. To just, like, live her beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she retires so from acting in the 50s and then just, yeah. like, shuns Hollywood and, like, just yeah. wants to have a private life. So that's who that was. That's so interesting. I never, mm-hmm. until, like, yesterday, I never knew what that was in reference to. Had no idea, so I looked it up. So, yeah, a little bit of old Hollywood uh, trivia there. Love it. That's so clever. Siempre viva. I love the way that it gave, I guess we had seen kind of Goldie. We saw her comedic range, but I right. really love the way that it gave Meryl an excuse to show her comedic range. Right. Um, so I just, I just love this movie. I love it Absolutely. so much. I know. I totally agree. It's, 
It's hard, like you said, like you just said, it's so hard to pick favorite moments because all of it, it's just one great moment after another. There are no lulls in this movie. Like, even when I was taking notes, I was like, oh, wait, I have to rewind. I missed a joke. Like, it's that fast, right? So some fun facts that you might get a kick out of, and maybe you saw these too. So I thought this was so interesting. Dean Cundy, who I've talked about before on this podcast, because he also shot The Thing creepy disgusting great horror movie in the 80s that we talked about he shot he's the dp for that halloween who framed roger rabbit another guy that's uh, i think he also did jurassic park after this major uh, influential cinematographer who actually isn't that famous he shot this so it's just really impressive not only the talent in front of the camera but behind also we have to just briefly mention that alan silvestri musical score that that theme song to this movie i love that oh so good just have to nerd out over that but some other fun facts foom bruce willis was not the original choice for Ernest. did you know that i did see that i did see that it was um kevin klein kevin klein Mm -hmm. kevin klein was the original which i don't know i like when was the last time we saw him and i think maybe that's part of the reason why i'm like why kevin klein i I hear you but I did see that they thought about Jeff Bridges, and I was like, oh, oh that I totally could have seen. But he might have, he might have been too hot. He might have been too hot for, like, at that age, back in then. In this, in Ooh, this era? Baby! Oh, my God, Foom. I know. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you are referencing. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, White Squall was a few years after this, and he was still in amazing shape. So, yeah, I feel like, I don't know if you could hide all those goods. I think <laughs> I think you need a bigger fat suit than Goldie got or something, right? So, yeah, but that I could easily see, you know, because we know we've obviously seen him do comedy as well and, like, Big Lebowski and everything. I could easily see him as well. And, you know, Kevin Klein, it's yeah. funny because, yeah, he really faded. Like, I feel like, honestly, for most of our lives. I mean, by yeah. 2000, he really faded. But he was a big deal in the 80s, early 90s. And yes. it's funny. Yes. He's, he's been brought up on this show before for being, like, first choice but wasn't available. So he was a thing. Um, another casting thing I thought was interesting was Tracy Ullman, who is so funny and was just recently in the latest season of Curb, which I know you like Curb, your enthusiasm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she, did you see this? She was originally in the movie, but was completely cut. Did you see that online? Oh no, I didn't. Why she was played, she cut out? And what was so, her role? So her role, she was a bartender, I guess in like a scene or two, but she was in Bruce Willis's Ernest's storyline where I guess later oh. at the end of the film, she comes back. He's at the bar because he's an alcoholic. So I guess he frequented a bar more and not just drank at home. So she was the bartender. And so they realize they love each other in a weird, crazy twist. Oh, that's who and he's th- deciding to leave them yes. for. And so Got he it. is going to run off. There actually was a scene where they decide to run off together. So he goes off with Tracy Ullman. And then later, 37 years later, he dies and we're at the funeral. So I guess test audiences didn't like that actually he got a happy ending. I guess test Mm. audiences liked the dark, biting humor that like no one gets out easy. So they nixed that. So she was completely cut. I'm sure she got paid. But always funny when you hear that, when like they completely remove a whole character, you know? That is funny. But wait, he does go off and live his life. We yes. just don't ever see it. He does somehow miraculously survive breaking through that yeah, stained and glass. Yeah, escape them. I always forget that he doesn't die just right there. I always, I'm always no. like, wait. Because he, he falls from so high up, smashes yeah. through the glass into the pool. I mean, 
he would have hit the bottom of the pool. I mean, it's a little, I mean, this yeah. whole movie obviously is fantasy. Realistically, so, when yeah. It, yeah. He would have yeah. died right there in that pool. But no, yeah, he's able to escape. He takes that car and rides off, and we don't hear about him until 37 years later, right? So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so she huh. was in the movie but didn't make the cut. Yeah. And then one other oh, fun fact Tracy. I saw. I know. One other fun fact I saw was that, um, sadly, I don't know if this is real. I saw it in, in an article somewhere. But I guess Meryl really did not like making this movie because of all the special effects. <gasps> yeah. No kidding! To the oh, point I where. I know. Oh, I, I guess. Here's the thing. That's why I don't fully believe it because I just feel like someone acting like that giving all 100%. She had to have some fun. But I guess she just got yeah. really impatient with some of the special effects stuff, you know, the makeup mm-hmm. and everything, to the point where she apparently back then vowed to never do another effects-driven movie. It just wasn't for her. But I feel oh like... Oh, my God, hilarious. Right? Because, like, moving into the future, that's probably right. nine times out of ten the type of movie you're going to be making. Yeah. There's going to be and some special effects involved. Totally. And, like, now I'm wondering, like, has she really never, still has never... No, I'm sure she has. No. She did Into the Woods, which that had yeah. some CGI. She did, like, series yeah. of unfortunate events. I feel like I never saw it, but The Giver with like her and Taylor Swift and Katie Holmes, I think, randomly. I never mm. saw it, but I'm sure there was some CGI action. So if she, if that's true and she really did say that, I'm sure she went back on her word. But yeah, I guess she just was not a fan of, you know, all the stuff that she had to do. But it I mean, really well I guess I can understand because back in the 90s, it was still so new and it was probably yeah. very like archaic in the way that it was done. But... I mean, like you said, it just ended up turning out so well in the movie. Yeah. So hopefully she saw the final product and was like, oh, okay, I get I it. I could totally see that happening where it's like, all right, actually, yeah, that was all worth it, right? Universal Pictures presents Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis. It's a miracle! And Goldie Hawn. Look at me. I'm soaking wet. Death becomes her. Speaking of all those special effects, I mean, this movie is an award winner. It won the Oscar and the BAFTA and the Saturn Award, which was kind of for horror and fantasy films, for best visual effects. So it is an Oscar I winner. I love it. Which I think sometimes... I love it. I forget. Sometimes we forget, but that's amazing, right? And yeah. then also with awards, Meryl was nominated for a Golden Globe. I think they all should have been, but mm-hmm. I guess just Meryl got it. And then all three were nominated for, I'm pretty sure, the now defunct American Comedy Awards. All three, uh, Bruce, Meryl, and... And Goldie. So there you go. It opened at number one. It went on to make 150 million worldwide. Like we said, it's become an absolute classic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. Any final thoughts, Foom, before we sign off? No final thoughts for me. I just like we talked about. I'm actually I'm waiting for you know what probably Mark because this happens with us. Yeah. In like a week they'll announce that it's getting me. <laughs> I know. And we'll be like, oh I think you count how many times that has happened to us when we say something and then it gets announced. Uh, trust me, I know. <laughs> um, uh. So, yeah, but that's pretty much it. I'm waiting for them to announce the, the remake of yeah. Death Becomes Her. Yeah, and then I'll have to have you back on so we can critique the casting and see if it's yeah. up to par with what we think, right? <laughs> well, that was fun. Do you feel any younger? 
Thanks for listening to Release Date Rewind, and thank you, Fumi Samanu, for always a great conversation. Follow Release Date Rewind on Instagram for updates and to see bonus content from our conversation and from this great movie. Leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts and let me know how I'm doing. And if you made it this far, recommend this to your friends. Thank you, Greg Clements, for the logo and Kyle Motzinger for the theme song. And next episode, we're bringing up another set of female frenemies from the 90s. Hmm. Be careful out there. Be careful out there.